The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey there, and welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Now, our guest on the podcast today is Tracy Yates. She's a visionary strategic growth partner and a transformational guide propelling influential leaders, seasoned entrepreneurs and organizations towards exponential growth. Tracy supports innovative founders to swiftly scale and reinvent companies. She empowers CEOs to elevate themselves and their high-performing teams and guides seven and eight-figure entrepreneurs to achieve remarkable growth ranging from 200 to 300%. With over 25 years as a founder and CEO, Tracy has shaped the trajectory of two seven-figure companies and executed a successful exit from her award-winning eight-figure brand strategy agency, innovating for Google, Amazon, Disney, Visa, Apple, and so many more iconic brands. She leverages her deep business acumen with training in a vast spectrum of transformational sciences for a new realm of personal and professional optimization. Now, in today's conversation, Tracy shares her journey from being a CEO and founder to embracing her current work as a calling, leveraging her skills as a futurist to recognize patterns and connect the dots in the world. We dive deeply in this conversation into the invisible and the intangible aspects of life and business, emphasizing the importance of conscious awareness in managing energy and shifting the systems and structures within organizational life. We discuss the concept of leadership and business as a service to humanity and expanding the vision beyond just profit and growth to include impacts on life itself and the planet. So join us as we help you break through the ambition paradox that is the invisible obstacle to your success at all levels of organizational life. And Tracy can help you to explore your own unique and untapped potential as you attune to the new frontiers of business and leadership. So with that in mind, it's my pleasure to introduce you to our guest today, Tracy Yates. Hey, Tracy, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great, Jane. It's so lovely to be here with you today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Well, I'm so thrilled you said yes, because I know we're quite new as friends and colleagues, but I'm really intrigued by your work. And, you know, our listeners have just heard your professional bio, and we have a tradition on this podcast that we like to kind of go beneath the surface a little bit and find out a little bit more about the real life human behind the bio. So tell us a little bit about her. Who is she? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I realized I've always been a pioneer. Mm. And, you, you know, when something is so innate within you, you don't realize it. You don't really see it for yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's, I realized that for myself. I, I've always been a pioneer. Um, I was a, a trained futurist when I was in my twenties, like this, and this was, you know, 30 something years ago. Right. So mm. this was before. Um, and I've always been someone who, I just, I might not have all the answers, but I just, when I know that either I can't go right, I have to go left mm. and I may not have the path and the roadmap, but I can't force myself to go right if that's mm. not what I'm feeling. So I think that's part of being a pioneer. Mm. So I think that's one thing about myself that people don't necessarily know or wouldn't know mm -hmm. uh and I think the other piece is really 
having this journey of shifting identities um to me that that's really what it's been um i you know as somebody who's been a ceo and founder for 30 years working in the business world i know you know right we have very kind of parallel paths in that way yeah we do <laughs> um you know working for these fortune working with these fortune 100 companies but um you you know, it was, it's really to doing the work that I'm doing now. I really, it is, and I have no better word for it other than a, a calling. Um, mm. I know I have a choice. It's not like I'm being, you know, forced to do anything or my hands aren't being tied behind my back. Um, but there's just this inner commitment and devotion that is what's driving all of this. And I think, you know, you can probably label that truly a, a calling. Mm, sounds like, sounds like that very much so. Yeah. Now you said something there that really captured my attention, which is that you trained to be a futurist. Like, mm. tell me something <laughs> about that. I didn't even know that existed <laughs> as training. I thought people just called themselves futurists and then that's what they were. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there is training. You can actually go to school um, and take classes to uh, teach you sort of how to recognize patterns mm. um, in the world. Um, but what's really interesting is I've been doing that all my life, mm. recognizing patterns in the world, the patterns that other people maybe aren't so seen or recognized to others. And um, it, that's also been so innate within me to be able to zoom out and see the big picture, but also connect all the dots that are happening kind of behind the scenes, you know, that are compartmentalized in a way. Right. Um, so it was, it was really, it felt so natural for me because I, and in that moment when I was training, I said, oh. I actually didn't need to go to school for this. I actually have been doing this all my life. I had no idea. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's part, definitely part training. And I, the reason why I did it is I actually worked for a uh, trend forecasting company uh, early, early, early on in my career um, before I started my agency. So uh, that's how it was all connected. Mm. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so interesting because, uh, I have a personality, I think that is naturally oriented to the future. I love looking ahead. You know, when I think about, you know, my own sense, it's, it's this visionary sense of self and, and where we're headed that always excites me. It always does. And I didn't even know futurist was a career. I think until I read, oh, what was her name? Jane McGonagall, I think mm -hmm. is her name. Yeah. And, you know, the different scenarios and different scenario based futures. And so I've got to ask you, Tracy, like when I look out at the world today, you know, I, I see like, it's a bit like a hot mess in a way, <laughs> right? Um, not a technical scientific term, I get that. But like, what do you see from that? If you look through the futurist lens, mm. I mean, what bubbles up for you when you look out into the yeah. world today? Well, a lot. <laughs> yeah. That probably goes into your hot mess uh, <laughs> title. Um, but, you know, I think that... If we look at, you know, I have also studied um, change theory and, and living systems. So I also right. kind of come at things from, from that lens as well. And, you know, change, like what creates change is friction, mm -hmm. right? And, and so what I see is a lot of friction mm -hmm. happening on so many levels. And as a futurist, what that really means is large scale change is happening and going to continue evolving. Right. So, um, so at a high level, that's my answer, right? Um, but I think more and more people are through a variety of different reasons, right? We had the pandemic, which really drastically jolted people out of their way of doing and their way of being in life and in business. It was an immediate, like pulling the plug in a way, which is a very 
drastic yeah. kind of approach, right? That, that never has really happened before, um, which certainly has been a catalyst. It wasn't the only reason, but you know, it's really spurred this consciousness movement. It's spurred um, this well-being movement and it spurred people reprioritizing what's important to them and how they want to live, how they want to do business, how they want to lead. Um, so I think that's all part of this is what's happening. Uh, so I think it's, besides it being a hot mess in the moment, <laughs> the chaos, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think it's a beautiful thing and I'm really excited about it, but that's my futurist lens talking. Mm. I love how you're you're speaking, you know, to that lens, because of course there's in some ways, I think we've well, it certainly feels this way for me, so I'll own it, which is I feel like whatever it is that's happening, we've kind of pierced the illusion of, you know, everything we took for granted as a normal or modern way of life. And now we're starting to realize there are consequences to that way of life. And so this piercing the illusion kind of makes me anyway question so much of what I took for granted in so many different ways. And I, I see a lot of people, it, you know, we could say in that cliche term, like we're waking up. Mm. But I think we're also getting more intentional, like you said, about the lives we want to lead, the way we want to be in the world and what it means maybe to be human. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Through all of that. I, I agree. I think it's it's we're becoming more of who we truly are. Yeah. Um, that's that's how I see it. I so I agree with you. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you spent a lot of time in organizational life and you mentioned before leaders. So what role do you believe that business and leadership has as, you know, in, I don't know whether it's, I'd like to say shepherding in a new future, but um, maybe it's just a a gentle evolution from where we were to where we want to be. I don't know, but I'd love to get your sense of the role that you believe leaders and business play in that. I, I, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. And, um, you know, I think we, when we think about our systems, we kind of look at the economic system as being the macro. Right? It's really sort of the glue, if you will, that holds everything together, that everything kind of stands on. Um, I don't, you know, we could debate that. I think that's not the point though of your, of your question or my answer. It's, um, but business is an equally impactful system or structure. So, you know, there's, and I'm sure this number varies. So, you know, it, it, if I could be wrong in my exact number as of today, but there's like 150 million people just in the U.S. who are employed. It's a lot of people. Mm. And so, so when I was thinking and how I think about your, you know, your question, business and leaders, I think business and leaders are actually have a responsibility. Mm. I don't really think it's a choice. I mean, we all have choices, but at the end of the day, if you can impact so many people and it doesn't just end at who, you know, who your, who your team members are and right. And who your support system is in within the organization, but it's also how do those people then go home? right and how do they then interact with their their family and how's that then interact you know impact their kids so i think to me that's the macro role that business and leaders have 
you know, no pressure. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, and as I'm listening to you there, it feels like what you're talking about is resting on like an assumption that business and leadership is at its very essence. And I may be putting words in your mouth here, so please feel free to challenge me. But at its very essence, it's human. It's a human responsibility, not just a metrics or a numbers or a profit to stakeholders, but it's a very human responsibility that we have. You froze for a second, so I missed your last part of the question. Would you repeat that? Yeah, it was just that. Uh, so I didn't really ask a question. I was just saying a statement that it's a very human responsibility that business and leadership has. And I guess the reason I'm saying that is because when I look out into organizational life and I look at corporate organizations and business and leadership, and I'm just talking, you know, in some sweeping generalization here, but a lot of the time I don't see a lot of humanity in the way that we operate within those systems. What? Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's becoming more and more apparent because um, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, and I think because we, our brains, right, our, our human brains, we're so linear and we, we think binary. So it's, it's very kind of a, a pol it's sort of polarity. Well, if it's not this, then it must be this, right? And and there's like the grays, like, what? What do you mean? You know, that can't be, right? This is the grays too uncertain. It's so, so I think when we are saying and bringing this up because um, bringing human into business doesn't mean that there's a loss that mm -hmm. needs to happen. Right. And I think that's part of the construct that we've or the lens we've still been looking through. It actually being more human means everything actually flourishes and thrives more. Right. Um, so I think it also requires like a real, you know, paradigm shift, if you will, in our constructs and our beliefs and how we think about business. It's not just a a medium for personal gain mm. and it's not altruistic necessarily to be to bring humanness back into it right it's that yes and conversation isn't it it's it's almost so for me it feels like an invitation to like expand our capacity to hold the energy for both like why do we have to be either or why can't we do both. Now, our title today uh, is The Ambition Paradox, The Invisible Business Obstacle. And I feel this is really important for us to dig into because so many of us and, and so many leaders that I know, you know, are ambitious. And, and mm -hmm. in many ways, that's why they've become leaders in the first place, right? Because, you know, the systems that we have actually reward you know, ambition. Mm -hmm. But our title suggests that there's maybe a, a shadow side that we're unaware of here. And I'd, I'd love to ask you about, like, what does that mean, the ambition paradox? And how is that an invisible business obstacle that we need to pay attention to? Yeah, well, it is a paradox, right? And so, first of all, ambition being ambitious is not a negative or a bad word or um, considered wrong or negative. So mm -hmm. I just want to point that out, right? Really what we're talking about in the ambition paradox is this tug of war, mm -hmm. right? It's this friction that we're experiencing because, you know, I'm, I'm ambitious. I'm driven. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, also label you as ambitious Mm -hmm. I would label a lot of all my clients ambitious, mm. but it, the tug of war is, well, you know, I'm ambitious. I want to create something. I want to build something. I want to reach something, but I I'm feeling like, gosh, I want to do it this way. 
or I want to follow this path or, hey, maybe I want to innovate and I want to do it this way. But then the other side of the of the friction or the of the tug of war is, but no, 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 you can't because this is how it works. Yeah. This is how it's done. And so to me, that's the friction. That's the tug of war. That's the paradox. And, you know, I, I think a lot of leaders, especially, you know, companies have brought in, you know, mindfulness and conscious leadership and um, other well-being practices, which all are beautiful, great stuff. But what I'm finding is that these leaders, they've adopted these sort of principles, right? And, but the structure is still pulling them back. They want to support their people. They want to, you know, create, they want to innovate, they want to expand, but then there's this, you know, other side of the rope that's pulling them backwards. And so to me, that's, that's what the ambition paradox is. I can see how that would um, take a lot of energy to be in that space, right? I can see how, for me anyway, that would feel exhausting to be in that space continuously and, and stay in that space. So if, you know, any of our listeners are finding themselves in that situation, and they feel that friction, they feel that tug to different, I might say polarities. Um, you know, what 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 do you suggest? I mean, what can they do from that place? <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's always the first step is with anything really is having conscious awareness of it, mm. right? We can't be aware of something if we don't bring it to our conscious awareness right it then sits in our subconscious or unconscious um so even first having the awareness of it and then i agree with you it's exhausting Mm -hmm. it is so counterproductive you know in business it's all about productivity and efficiency and performance but we don't even realize that we are literally like our own worst enemy in a way in those fields because we're 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 exhausted we're challenging it's like this inner battle so to answer your question the first is being having awareness of it and i think the other piece is really learning and understanding how to manage your own energy as well as understanding the impact of individual energy on the team, the team energy on the collective, again, going back to a living systems kind of self-organizing perspective. Um, So that's the second piece. And I think the third is, you know, this, not everyone is ready for what we're talking about today. And that's okay. That's okay. But you know, when I started doing this work, the signal was really low. You know, people looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> um, but that signal has been getting stronger and stronger. And and people are surprisingly, even to me, you know, people that I had spoken to a few years ago who were like, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. But, you know, good luck kind of they're coming out of the woodwork, you know? And so I think recognizing that if you are in a place where this is happening, it doesn't mean it's happening forever. Mm. And there is movement forward. Yeah. And it seems to me as I, as I think about, you know, what you're saying here about the ambition paradox, it's like you said, it's not that ambition's wrong. I'm I'm kind of now going beneath the surface as you were talking and thinking, yes, but what is that ambition in service of, <laughs> right? Which feels like what you're talking about here is not that you eradicate ambition, but that perhaps you put it in service of something different, a different outcome from the system which of course then means changing the system. <laughs> yes, it does. 
So having been in this field myself for mm. a while, um, I I know there's a lot of resistance to systems change because of the complexity of the systems that we have. We all live within, you know, nested systems. So I just wonder, you know, how I know you work at different levels of system. You don't just work with individual leaders. You work with teams and organizations in what could be seen as full scale mm-hmm. organizational development, growth or change. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, you know, if you could talk us through a little bit about what's important for people when they have the awareness that you're speaking of, they're feeling the friction, and maybe they're in a position of power where they could do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like what steps or advice, I guess, do you have for people that are at that threshold with the autonomy to be able to potentially make a difference? Yeah. Well, I think it doesn't have, again, going back to this polarity, I think this is serving our conversation Mm. well, um, because it's not an all or nothing kind of thing, Mm. right? You can, if you have the tolerance for it and the desire for it, you can do a rehaul, right? A complete Mm. reinvention, sure. But that isn't the only way towards success. You can begin to add smaller incremental shifts within your team, within how you lead, with even in the structure of the organization. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a complete 180 mm-hmm. at, at once. And I think that's what I'm finding is taking the steps and looking at certain teams or looking at certain processes or or structures within an organization and okay this one we can alter this we can design this a little bit differently we can redesign this a little bit differently so it becomes more and more and more supportive of ultimately the end goal that we're we're striving towards so again it's just the and right it's not the all or nothing um that's the most simple answer that I think has helped. And I, and I also think part of how we got here is that, well, business operates this way and we've put it in this template, if you will. Mm. But I don't think that that's necessarily how business works. Mm. <laughs> it's also its own organization and system and every business is unique. And every business, you know, has a unique team and every business offers unique products and services. So I don't, I think we have to move away also from this like box template approach. Hmm. Hmm. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody said to me in organizational life, you know, well, that's just the way we do it here. Right. Yeah. right, because yeah. that just seems to be such a mantra for keeping things the same, because that is the way that it's always been. Now, underneath all of that, though, is this very real, like lived experience of the people at the top, the people in power, let's say, knowing what works, right? Yes. This works for us. This gets us profit. This gets us market share. This gets us to be the leading organization in our field. This gets, keeps our stakeholders happy, you know, and it's usually based around profit and money, which brings me back to this idea of what is the ambition in service of, right? What is the system in service of the team or the individual? Like the why really matters here. Because what I'm hearing you speak to, which is also something that's very close to my heart, is this idea that maybe we need to expand a little bit what business is in service of. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we stay in this monologue towards profit and growth at any cost, then that's how we've got here. That's why we're where we are today. And if we stay there, we're starting to see that there are consequences 
to this way of doing business and living life. But I know a lot of people are struggling with, yeah, but that's working. Like right now, that's working for me. I've got a great bank balance. It's working. And what we're really asking is for them to think about more of the longer game. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. beyond, even maybe beyond their lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. part of the expansion here. But then the other expansion is, what's the impact that you're having? Not just on the people that come into contact with your organization, but also on life, on the planet, right? And so is that also part of the awareness you build with clients in this space? Is that a piece of the conversation, Tracy? Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about is consciousness, right? And that's, that's a cornerstone of, let's call this, you know, I, I, how I sometimes introduce myself depends on who I'm talking to. I've become a master at uh, navigating and knowing what I what to say to, to the to the right person <laughs> so, so they'll yeah. right so they'll so it will land not that not that yeah but so they'll hear it right because I have to speak yes. differently to certain people which is which is a great skill to build mm-hmm. um but you know it's really about rewiring the DNA of organizations business and leadership and um and the cornerstone of that is consciousness for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, The other cornerstone really is self-organization and understanding how that works. Um, You know, it's how nature works. (laughs) Um, And the other part is really understanding how this is all connected. Everything is connected. And so, so yes, so consciousness is a big part of it. And I, um, and consciousness to me is not, how I'm going to back up and say a lot of people, I think, kind of think of consciousness and they also intermingle the word spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, spirituality is a bit of a loaded word um, because it also has, you know, a construct or belief that it's woo woo, that it's, you know, can't be proven. It's not real. It's, you know, all that stuff. Right. But consciousness is just physics, to be honest. So it actually is based in science. Um, So I have found also that using and grounding that in the science of consciousness and the physics uh, has helped a lot. So what is the world that you're... Or, or not even what is the world, but what is the, what is your business in service of? What is your, what is your ambition? Like what, what is, what is it that's, because you mentioned it as a calling, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's almost like you have a vision of change you'd like to bring to the world an impact that you want to make. Like what, what's that? How would you? express yeah. that yeah you know it's interesting it's it has it has continually expanded mm. uh when I first started doing this work um it was really about um helping leaders become visionary leaders um and that was through a variety of kind of tools in my toolkit um that I use some of them are coaching some of them are esoteric knowledge that shift our very constructs and beliefs right some is our transformational tools that go beyond the realm of mindset um so that's where my vision or my calling if you will began um which then expanded into really creating uh, an impact, a ripple effect within organizations and leaders that largely impacts the world through not only, like I said, who they're touching day to day, but how that gets disseminated. Mm. Um, so 
that's really my vision now and my calling. I, I love working with leaders one-on-one and I still do have a practice for that. Um, but also working with the organizations and teams has been also really exciting. Um, it's still very new for a lot of people, right? So that signal too is, is growing. Um, but so it's kind of both for me. I know that was a long answer mm. to your question, but um, I'm also somebody who has to flow a lot. Um, that's kind of how I best operate. So things are always kind of expanding in my world. Mm. So I'm going to take a leap here because I think I've heard you mention this. So mm. is this, so we're, you know, in terms of the ambition paradox, is that you helping people like overcome this obstacle uh, that's getting in the way of maybe individual and collective success? Like, is that the essence of your work? How would you describe like the, what lies at the very core of what you do? Mm -hmm. Um, I have struggled with defining myself with a word, one word. Um, And, and as literally someone who (laughs) who had like I had a brand strategy and marketing agency you know for 20 years (laughs) so like positioning and you know marketing is like so deeply ingrained in my DNA um and it wasn't until recently that I didn't see it as a struggle anymore Mm. that I actually saw it as something pretty spectacular because I don't have a word for it. You know, I saw something on your website that said uh, you, uh, so something like you're an activator of boundary less potential. (laughs) And I was like, wow, like, what does that mean? (laughs) But I'm kind of getting a sense through this conversation that you're someone who almost subtracts the stuff that's getting in the way so that people, I mean, we've talked before about this, can have this kind of strong, clear vibration in the world and and through that optimize their performance, you know, whether they're a leader or whatever level within the organization they're at. Like, is that, because I'm getting a sense that's where you're different. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great description. Um, I, you know, I have, for whatever reason, um, I can just meet people where they are and take them where they need to go. And, um, you know, I have this innate ability to really step into someone's consciousness and truly see their highest potential before they can see it themselves. And I know exactly how to get them there. And that generally looks like deconditioning. You know, I, I don't, I don't resonate personally with a lot of the personal development industry. Um, this is my own personal perspective. You know, it's all about fixing, like there's something wrong with us and fixing this and fixing that. And um, I don't really think anybody needs to be fixed. I think that they need to be opened to all that's available to them mm-hmm. and they just haven't seen it. So, and I'm an innovator. So I also love to innovate in business and come up with products and services and revenue streams that leaders and CEOs haven't thought of before. Um, and I also, you know, I'm, I'm a healer on a lot of levels as well. And so I just see it as having a toolbox, a toolkit with lots of, with lots of tools, a wrench and a (laughs) screwdriver and a hammer. And, um, but it's really taking people further than they even thought was possible and, and creating more abundance, but doing it in a way that totally and completely fulfills them. Because I, I think of abundance or the word prosperity, not just as wealth, Mm -hmm. but as the abundance of joy of of love, of connection, of freedom. And so that's kind of my lens of, it's not just about money. 
money is a big part of it, but because we're talking about business, but it's also more than that. Mm. Now, one of the things we talk about sacred change makers is the fact that your business is the territory, if you like, for your own soul's awakening and expansion. So I'd love to ask you, because you do this work with others. I, I get that as you're speaking. Mm. But in what ways have you experienced this in your business? Oh, gosh. Well, um, <laughs> that the full answer is going to be our second podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, part of me doing this work really also required me, you know, I had no idea that while I was going through my own process that I was literally building a method and a methodology and a practice, like no idea. And, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, I see. Right. Um, so I had to go through the same thing personally, um, to really own who I am, right. Own my, my uniqueness, which is, I'm not like every executive coach, right. Or I had to, um, develop the boldness to speak what I'm speaking about when it's very different than a lot of people think and, and, and approach life. Right. I mean, these are all these things. So as so to answer really your question is it really was this unfolding, this stepping into who you truly are, like the the fullness of you of who you are. And when that happens, things are so easy. You know, what's so interesting about your answer is when we think about business, we think about doing like all the to-do list, right? all the stuff that's got to get done by the end of the day. Yeah. And yet what you're speaking to is the, the, our interior, the beingness, the becomingness that only really happens in the depths of our own sense of self or, you know, it's not the visible stuff that we can measure in business, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. And I'm, I'm literally, because because I am grounded, right, in business like you. I mean, right, right? We, we, we have this in our DNA. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm looking at various ways to develop tools that are quantifiable. Um, and some I have created that I work with my clients on that are quantifiable to, tools to the invisible. Mm. Um, and it's pretty powerful because, and I think, you know, again, we are talking about the beingness and the becomingness. That's what we're talking about. It also doesn't mean I don't do anything. Right. right? I mean, yeah. I'm on this podcast with you, right? Yeah. I, I have conversations. I have clients. <laughs> I, I network, right? I mean, I, I, it's not like I don't do anything. But it's so, there's an effortlessness to it. And it is something that is felt. You can hear the words, but until you really embrace it and feel it for yourself, it's it seems a little far-fetched for the intellectual linear brain to comprehend, um, but it makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, my business, this business, um, it has tripled in growth year over year. You know, and I've, I've got to speak to this because it's bubbling up for me, kind yeah. of like a neon sign right now, which is, and it's something that I, as I mature into my later years, I guess, it's something that's becoming more and more obvious to me. Now, it's not that it wasn't around before, it was, but what I'm realizing is that, you know, as we've got in our title today about, you know, the ambition paradox being the invisible business obstacle, the more I work with leaders and businesses and organizations, and of course, from my own, I realize that it's the invisible that is the most important thing in life or things, plural, in life and business. It's the things that we can't see that aren't tangible, but are running everything that we need to pay more attention to. 
And I I don't know. I assume you agree with that, but um, a hundred percent. I I always say to, you know to my clients that we have an entire operating system essentially mm. that we have we are not using, we are not right. tuned into, we are not leveraging it con consciously. It mm. it's like we have like a whole literally like separate battery pack, if you will. Right. <laughs> I love that, that we right that we can access and use and that's why it becomes effortless because <laughs> i'm not just using my mental brain right my 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 intellect to do everything yeah and there's something that you said there that's really important like it's not just the intellect the brain which we seem to have put on a pedestal in many ways, particularly in organizational life. Yeah. It's how do we bring the whole of ourselves yes. to work mm -hmm. and to our leadership and to our life. And then there's another piece that I've heard you talk about, which I'm going to say is this, the spirituality, the invisible, the maybe it's the why, but in, in in our terms, in our community, it would be the sacred, the calling, right? You don't ever touch and see a calling and you get it in the mail and then know it's yours. It's much more intangible than that. And yet there's a deep, if you listen deeply enough, there's, there's a, this ground of knowing that you, it's just inevitable in a way. And so I feel all of that mm -hmm. in this conversation with you, Tracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I we have to figure out the right word for it, Jane, because mm. calling I think is it's yeah. right, but you know, mm. there's something else there. I'll work on it. I'll let you know what I um. What well, I you said DNA, with. didn't you, before? Because it's almost like yeah. it's like the things we can't not do. I mean, we've yeah. got on the spiritual side, we've got like destiny and purpose and all that kind of stuff. But you're right, we don't have a word that really speaks to and and I would say this for so much of where I hope we're headed as humans is this we don't have the language yet for the new way of the new frontier really of life <laughs> leadership and business we just haven't got that yet I, it is so true and when I when I have said that so many times it, because we just don't because it's a oh. different frequency that's why it's a different frequency and it's a different resonance mm -hmm. and vibration. And um, again, none of that is spiritual or woo woo. It's science. Um, yeah. And so there is a whole new kind of vernacular. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's going to emerge with all of this as well. So. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I, I was talking on a call earlier today and um this thing came up for me, which is um, somebody was asking me what my purpose is, like, what, what's your purpose? And I said, well, I, I've always thought of it like my calling has been to raise the consciousness of humanity through my life and my work. And I see my life as a, a sacred invitation. Mm -hmm. And then what came out of my mouth really startled me. And I know you're going to get this, Tracy, because then yeah. what came out was. And I often wonder will we be the last generation of humans to live on this planet? Or will we be the first generation of humans to live sustainably in the modern mm. world? Mm -hmm. That is what's mm -hmm. orienting my work. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's orienting yours too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we could also look at, again, going back to the you know, trend forecasting kind of futurist right. lens, you know, we can also see what, what is just happening generationally, right? There's, um, there's the generation that's stepping in the next, I think, four years, five years, uh, I can't remember exactly, but anyway, they're stepping out of the workforce. They're, you know, they're moving on, either they're retiring, or they're moving on to their passion projects, or whatever that looks like, right? Um, so that is happening like and and this younger generation right the the gen z's and the gen y's are gonna like they are 
different. They're not. So, so all of these things are pointing us in this direction. Yeah. And I, like you, I'm very hopeful about our future. And, um, you know, very often when I think about futurists, I think, oh, you're going to predict the future for us. Mm. <laughs> and the truth is, of course, that's not what this is about because we get, we get to create mm -hmm. the future. That's correct. Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm just loving this conversation. I really am, but I'm noticing the time here. So okay. let me bring us home with uh, a question, which is just, if there's something you wanted to share with our audience today, maybe it's something we haven't had a chance to cover, mm. or maybe it's just some words of wisdom to leave our audience with, what might it be? Um. You know, I, I would say maybe these are words of wisdom or maybe I would call them lived wisdom, words of lived wisdom, <laughs> um, is listen to yourself. Listen to what you're feeling. Listen to what's pulling you. Follow it. And because it's leading you, some, it's, it's calling you, it's pulling you, it's nudging at you for a reason and to see it as an invitation really um and so yeah that would be my my lived words of wisdom <laughs> that's lovely tracy thank you so much for stopping by the podcast i've loved our conversation and i hope we have many more my friend <laughs> thank you jane Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to the members of our Sacred Changemakers Inner Circle, who are our podcast sponsors, and also our extended community, who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for maybe it's a little more soul in your life and business, if you have a sense that you too have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. But for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.